Britt Shane, welcome to the podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I know it's really good to see you and it's really good that we got to catch up uh, a little bit before we started recording. And I just want to get into this. So <laughs> what's the deal with these lights you keep posting on Instagram? So for, for those of you that don't know Britt, I, I, and I'm assuming a lot of you don't, I met Britt a couple years ago at a uh, AZ Entrepreneur event through some mutual friends and we, you know, just like most people do, we connected on Instagram. We we're like, yeah, hey, let's keep in touch. And, you know, I watch your stories from time to time. But every time I've been watching your stories over the last like six months to a year, there's these been these like flashing lights that have been mm -hmm. happening for you. And you're like, these things are following me everywhere. So like, what's the deal? <laughs> what's the <laughs> deal with that? <laughs> Tell me what's going on with that. I know. I wish I wish that I had a succinct answer for you. I wish I knew exactly what it was. And I've, I haven't really posted and had people say, oh my gosh, this happens to me too. So the long and short of it is that it's been that way for probably about a decade when I started my journey um, with energy healing and just kind of manipulating reality, whether that's manifesting or, you know, meditating, anything that I do. Um, technology has never been my friend. My phones will turn blue and like, it just, it's just weirdness has always happened for me in technology, but the lights thing, I noticed a correlation. It was right about the pandemic and I, it was everywhere. It was street lights. It was my, the entrance of my apartment everywhere I would go, the lights would be flashing and I'd be driving down the highway and like lights would just like blow out, like boom, boom. Like every time I drive by these lights would just like shut down, shut down, shut down, or the opposite would be to red drive and they'd like turn on. And then I came mm. home and my, the light outside my apartment blew out and then the light next to it blew out and I had it fixed. And then a couple of days later, same thing blew out and blew out. Um, I'd walk into my bathroom and like the lights would just explode. So there's, um, there's different bodies of thought around it. Sometimes it's that there's so much energy within that being or that person. So my mentors, you know, you can call it like a baby witch or someone who's just exploding energy. You're, you're overpowering the circuit energetically, right? Cause we all run on this circuitry. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I realized that it would disappear for like six months. And it would only start again when I started seeing them. It wasn't just once a week. It was every day in my home, in my bathroom. And so I've come to realize that when these things come, right, the pandemic being one of the biggest events of my personal life and in correlation with a bunch of other things I was going through at that time, um, it's always a signal of like a big shift for me. And this week <laughs> I went outside and the entire perimeter of my building and ever since has been flashing. So I'm like, wait, wow. is some, nobody going to come and fix this? Is there something wrong? So, <laughs> and then you saw the one on the plane. I was on the plane and I was just sitting there and then all yeah, of a sudden- Yeah, that was wild. That was wild. I know. And I'm like- this. I'm a very logical, grounded person. Like I found quantum physics before I found woo-woo spirituality. So for me to have this phenomenon, I've been posting, hoping someone says, oh yeah, I'll tell you what that is. Um, but somebody told me it's something about being a jumper so you can manipulate energy and shift timelines. And so what's happening when that's happening is you're kind of shifting and it's this short circuit mm. of the energy. I, I I don't know. I mean, if you ever find out, please let me know. Or that sounds would. that sounds like it makes sense to me. Like it, it totally yeah. sounds like completely correlated. And well, and and I guess with the thing with energy though is is that you know with 
us being creative beings and talking about energy and just knowing that we can create whatever we want, there are signs when you pay attention to them that show you where you're supposed to be going. Yes. And I think for you, I've I've seen a couple stories where you've been saying that these lights are leading you somewhere. Yes. Is yeah, that still I, relevant for you? When I ask spirit or God in that moment, I say, why? And it's just like, we're here. It's, you know, it's, uh, um, it's, and I, and I've tried to correlate it to things, you know, because sometimes it's a warning. Like I'll give you an example. So one mm. time I went to this person's house and as I left, I caught the flash in the reflection of my car was parked backed in so I could see my rear view, you know, and I could see the flashing and I turn around and look at the house and the light on the side of this person's house that wasn't flashing began flashing. And in that moment, it's like danger. So for me, sometimes it's uplifting and magnificent and I'm on a high and I'm walking into the room and, you know, when the lights are just blasting out, I'm like, all right, I need to get in my body. I need to bring it in. I'm like way crazy. The flashing for mm. me, though, is usually a message. Um, mm. And they do go away. That's the other thing. It's not 12 months a year. Sometimes it'll be four or five months. And then all of a sudden, it'll be every single day, everywhere I go. Um, oh, that's interesting. And I posted it. And someone said to me, hey, I was sitting at the bar with you yesterday. You didn't know that I was there. We were like eating. And she said, did you know the row of lights above the bar on your side were flashing? Like from her perspective, she saw me eating. And wow. Like, no, I didn't. So I don't know, maybe one day, but it's just mm. a, it's a phenomenon for me that reminds me that there is something much greater and just, it doesn't need to make sense. Just keep taking a step, you know? Well, speaking of, speaking of, you know, taking steps mm. and something I do want to point out is you took a pretty big step within the last couple of years, transitioning from uh, what I would deem as an incredibly successful business owner working in the beauty space. Mm-hmm. And you're making this jump into what we were discussing before, more of the spiritual entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I think something that I want to pull out here that I'd love to dive in um, dive in with is the power of signs and and how one can acknowledge signs to let them know if they are on the wrong path or they're not, or they're not on the right path. So was this always something that you were, I guess, privy to that you knew about signs from a long time ago, or is this something that, you know, has happened in the last couple of years? Um, so I would say it's kind of a blessing and a curse because when I start to feel that feeling, I cannot turn it off. And so that whether that's relationships, jobs, things that I'm doing, it just gets louder and louder. And I always say, you know, for anyone listening, like the intuit intuition and fear feel different. Fear or heavy energy, dark energy is going to be loud and forceful and bossy. Intuition is like a dull ache, you know, like the kind of headache you can still go to work with, but it's just kind of there and you f- might forget about it. Um, but it always is kind of there, that low level uncomfortability. And that is kind of how I know it'll start small and quiet. And then it grows louder and louder to the point where the example you use with my beauty business. I mean, I had one of the biggest companies in town and I would drive to work and I would be dreading going there. And mm-hmm. I talked about shutting it down for over a year and everyone, my partner, my friends, everybody that was in my circles, like you're crazy because most beauty companies actually don't succeed. Beauty is one of the largest industries that there is. 
Um, but I think the statistics like 80 or 85% of beauty companies don't make it past a certain point. Wow. It's a very saturated industry. So for me to get to the point I got to, you know, it was valued at over seven figures and it was just me. Um, I tried every which way. And I always was like, the only reason I love doing this is because I love helping people. And when those people are in my chair, in my space, all I'm doing is coaching them. All I'm doing is talking to them about life and manifesting and, you know, their businesses. And so it was scary as hell to shut that down. Um, and until I started my two academies that you now know about, um, there was a gap there for like 30 or 60 days last April where I had this launch party and everybody came to it and not anybody, everybody knows this, but I literally was going to go bankrupt. I mean, I thought of the Academy idea in the fall to the ground because I just, it, the noise got so loud. I had to close the door, you know? And I thought, I, mm. I literally don't care how much money I even had a buyer, which not a lot of people know. There was a girl, she's like, I'll give you half a million dollars, just hand it over. And I didn't, I just had the sense that it needed to, the doors needed to shut. And I couldn't, she was so upset. I pulled out of the deal and I said, no, we got to It's got to close. I didn't know what it was. I still don't. But then immediately, I mean, there was a fall to the ground, fall to the ground. And then right before I hit the cement, I had the next idea that made me twice that company generated about twice as much this last year. So wow. I don't, I don't know, but I do know that that trust fall has happened to me every time. And every really successful person I know, um, even the Hormozis to use someone that is a very well-known thought leader, they talk often about that moment of bankruptcy. And I think there was a couple that they had, but right before, when you take that crazy risk, you know, not a reckless risk, but something that feels aligned. And then all of a sudden your wings come and you start flying again. So yeah. 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 Well, and, and when you were, you were mentioning that you, when you were working with some of the business owners that were working underneath you, you were coaching them and consulting them. You were telling them about signs and mm -hmm. I'd love for you to talk to me a little bit about how do you find or know what a sign is? I.e., how do you pay attention? How do you, you know what's working for you or what's not working for you? <laughs> I mean, I could tell it's a little out there. I could tell, I could give you an example story. Yeah. If you like. Um, so my strongest gift, intuitive gift is the gift of just knowledge, of knowing, of prophecy, like what's about to happen, what has happened. And for me, that just kind of drops in my head. Um, a lot of the people that I work with or clients, I always say, do you hear it? Do you feel it? Do you see it? Do you know it? Like the next time you're driving in your car and all of a sudden you, you just you turn right. Did you hear someone say, turn right? Did you hear, you know, are you all of a sudden like, Oh, I don't feel good about turning left. That's a feeling. Right. Or is it like you see, like mm. turn, you see an image of you turning right, you know? So we have all of these gifts. When I see or hear those are the most rare for me. And so those are the ones that I really know. Cause I, I know things all day long. That's my strongest, but there's not often a necessary reason for it. It might be like, that person's upset with their mom or um, they're going, they're going to go through a breakup. They're going through a breakup secretly right now. And no one knows things like that, things that are not helpful and no one needs to talk about. Um, but one of the times it really was crazy. And I got a message was I was in the middle of doing a client. It was probably like three years ago. And this person had been in my circle and in my life and been my client for a long time. I knew her, I knew her husband. They'd been together since high school. They had like a 10 year old kid. She's laying there. And all of a sudden, like 
when you see it does, like I said, it does not happen often to me when it does, it's very rare. And so thy vision goes out and a picture comes in and it's her with this man who's bald and they're like hugging. And, and it was weird to me because I knew it wasn't her husband. And so I sat there, I sat there and it just kept bugging Mm. me, like poking me, you know, talk about it, talk about it. And I know this woman is happily married, has a 10 year old, has been with her high school sweetheart, you know? And I said, can I say something really weird and totally tell me to like F off if it's really out of alignment? But I said, I just saw this image. I think you're going to fall in love with and get married to someone else. I said, I would never say that. And I'm so sorry if that's so disrespectful. Cause like I loved her husband. He was, you know, like there was nothing prompting me to say that. And I, and she, Oh my God looks, she's laying on the table. Right. And she looks up at me and she goes, Oh my God, Brittany. And I said, what? And she said, I've realized recently that I'm in love with my high school sweetheart, like the one right before her husband. And she goes, he's been messaging me. And she's like, my husband and I actually have not been doing good for a super long time. She goes, I've been thinking about leaving him because I realized I'm in love with someone else. And she said, what does he look like? And I, you know, I was like, explain to her. She goes, that's him. That's the guy. And I said, I think you're going to marry. I think you're going to marry him. I have chills even talking about this. And she said, I feel so guilty. She's like, I feel so guilty. I'm going to ruin my family. I said, no. I was like, my parents got divorced when I was young. I said, the only thing you need to be is happy. And, and I think it was just this moment. She goes, you're the only person in the entire world besides him that knows this. And she ended up leaving her husband, getting remarried. And now it's been years. And it's just, it was this moment where that gift allowed her to have clarity on what she needed, you know? And I was like, you don't need to leave your husband in a bad way. So I helped her with that and how to leave and how to do it. So her son could be happy because I came from a broken home. Right. So, um, and everything's good. They're still friends. Their kids. Great. Life's great. And so I think sometimes it doesn't have to be this monumental thing for ourselves. It's to serve others. And I think that's why we have those gifts that, you know, I call them the gifts of the Holy spirit is because we're here to help other people. So that's my long and weird story for Mm. you. (laughs) No, that was, well, that's an amazing story. I mean, first of all, that's a, that's a amazing story. Um, and second of all, that takes a lot of, uh, intestinal fortitude to be able to be confident enough into saying that to somebody when you are getting those downloads or you are getting those messages and, you know, talking about trusting signs or signals that you're getting from higher power, God, spirit, universe, whatever you may believe in trusting that. And so I want to talk to you about the meaning of trust. Mm. So when you do get those signs, I have found at least in, in this, again, this is my perspective. I have found at least that, you know, a sign can be very, very blatant in your face. There is unequivocal like belief that that is the sign. Totally. Then there's times where you think you're getting a sign. You're not sure if it's a sign. And then you're asking for more validation from you know, God of the universe. And you're wondering if you could get more evidence of that. Yeah. And I think this, the latter part here is where most people get really tripped up is that they get the signs, they're everywhere. And if you pay attention to them, you will be very much guided to what you already know or validated or what you need to know if you have questions. But when it comes to trust, though, I think this is a muscle. Like you have to develop that trust mechanism within yourself. And I think that's where a lot of us lack in that. And in the work that you're doing uh, currently right now in this season of life and that you've done with business owners before and that you've even done in building your business, talk to me about 
trust? How does one cultivate self-trust? What does it feel like? Um, and what does it mean to trust the signals or the signs that you're getting? So one of the things I was hearing as you were talking, I was like, please remember this. It was coming through and I did, which is God and the universe are not punishing you. So I'm going to start as that as the umbrella to what I'm about to say, because as things happen, it's just a natural response to your decision making. So I have a very strong belief. And when I pass to the other side, I guess I will know if this is true or not, but I have a very strong belief that we have moments in our life that are signposts. So let's say, you know, we get in the car and we drive cross country. Every time we hit a major city, right? We hit Chicago, you know, you get, you hit these big cities as you're driving. Those are the land posts that you aren't going to miss. Things like meeting your fiance, things like, you know, Mm -hmm. the first business that I started that led me here, things like moving to a new place that introduces you to the partner that you need, you know? So I think we have big signposts that we've potentially preordained or decided to experience. And I think when those come, the sounds and the signs are unavoidable. I think between the two big signposts, we have a lot of free will. So I think sometimes you get signs and intuition, but I don't think that there's necessarily a right or wrong answer. And I always Mm -hmm. say choose and then choose again. Sometimes when you have um, the gift of knowing, right, the gift of knowledge, I have to make a decision incorrectly and then I'll have to unravel it. So for me, the trust is not necessarily in the world, it's in myself. It's in the fact that I need to know that I might make a decision that ends up not being in alignment and it's what I thought was the right decision and then the trust in myself to change because I think we, you know, we manifest, you know, I want a G-Wagon and I want my partner to be this tall and have this color hair and live in this, you know, and make this much money. And, And I've really learned that let's just pray for happiness. Let's pray for abundance. Let's pray for wealth. Let's pray for impact. Because if you ask to be happy and fulfilled, that energy opens up, you know, like your soulmate might be the same height as you or might be the same sex, or you might, you know, if you have this pre- designed idea for your life, you're going to be very confused by the intuition because you're constantly thinking there's like this right answer. I think the right answer is whatever makes you feel good in the end. And you and I both know conscious partnerships don't always feel good. In fact, some of the most conscious relationships and healing relationships you'll have can be very uncomfortable, but 80% of the interaction with that person is the most delicious thing that you've ever had, or 80% of your life feels good. So all of that to say, The trust for me comes in more in myself because if you're just relying on signs, I believe there's a lot of different paths you can take. Because what if last week you asked, oh, you know, I want to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And then now you're like becoming a yoga teacher. Like that manifestation might have finally manifested in real form. So it's that moment to go, like, do you say no to things a lot? I've learned. I actually say no to things a lot more than I thought I would in my journey. Hmm. What I have found is, is that um, practicing law of attraction principles, it's really about focusing more on the things that you want and focusing less on the things that you don't want or the feelings that don't feel good. And I got that at like a core level. It took me a long time, but I got that at a core level. And when you think about, let's say, for example, the manifestation of $20 million or like $10 million, and like I'll, I'll share with people, this is like a manifestation I've done. When um, I was working with one of my coaches and mentors a couple years ago, she had she had asked me, "What, how much money do you want?" 
Mm-hmm. Like, how much do you want? It was a very like direct question. And, you know, obviously being in like this, the ego part of myself, I'm like, I want a hundred million dollars. Like, <laughs> that's what I need. Yeah. Right. But it's not even like a need thing. It's just, that's what just, that's like the, you know, that's like, fuck you money. Like I'm, I'm hundred yeah, million dollars. Right. And this was like very much me. Like I'm going to be like rich as shit. People are going to think of like, that's where my ego was coming in and like telling me these stories. Yeah. And she starts laughing at me and she's saying, you don't want a hundred million dollars. I'm like, why not? Like, I just told you I wanted a hundred million dollars. She said, you're not energetically aligned with it. You don't understand that. Like you think you want it, but you're not willing to allow yourself to receive it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I am. I'm asking for it right now. And she said, no, what, how much money do you want? And I remember going, gee, I, you're right. I don't really know because actually what was happening within me mm-hmm. was the $100 million felt off. It felt like too much. It didn't feel yep. good. Yep. And what I started recognizing was, is not that I can't have a hundred million dollars or I don't ever, I'm never going to achieve that, but I wasn't energetically allowing myself to receive it. Mm-hmm. So after I like re-engineered this whole process and went through this, the the coaching and the mentorship and the training with her, I had to recognize that it wasn't really about the dollar amount. It was about the time freedom aspect that came with the more money that we accrue or I accrue, the more time freedom capacity I was going to be able to have, which also meant that I had to say no to certain things that weren't in alignment with what I truly value. And I still value this to this day is time freedom, is being able to wake up when I want to, do what I want to, um, Mm -hmm. work with the people that I want to work with, build Live Your Truth Media the way that I want to, and working with my business partners and people that I like. And that was actually one of the things that came into my field of awareness last year was I really want to work with people that I like. Yes. And that required me saying no uh, to certain opportunities. That required me saying no to chasing a certain industry that was booming, that could have brought in a lot of revenue for the business, but it had to be a no for me because it wasn't energetically aligned with what I really wanted, which wasn't just the money. It was the time freedom and the things that I wanted to do with it. And so that's for me is like, I've had to, I have found myself, I should say over the last year or such saying no more and not like vocalizing it. And I want to make sure that um, for those of you listening and watching out there that you're not, that don't get it misconstrued that saying no only has to be the only, has to be verbalized. That's just not the only way you have to say no. You can energetically and consciously say no to somebody. You can- body language is like 90% of the way that we communicate. You can say no to certain things. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. And that mm-hmm. can be a no. Mm-hmm. So so in, in moving into this, you talked about prayer. And I thought this was really interesting because prayer to me is so powerful, but it gets this like nasty, um, there's a nasty stereotyping, I think, with the majority of people around prayer. They think it's religious and you have to be religious to pray and you have to be, you have to go to, you know, a Catholic church to pray or you have to go believe in Jesus to pray. Mm-hmm. But you talked about prayer and I would love for you to expand upon like the power of prayer when it comes to manifesting things, the visualization of the things we want via prayer. And how can somebody start embracing the power of prayer? In their practice. So with prayer, I think one of the reasons that it's so effective is because we really are 
you know, not to sound weird, but we're kind of in a simulation. And I, I, I like to tell people, it doesn't matter if God is real. It doesn't matter if angels are real. It doesn't matter if beings are real. It doesn't matter if past lives are real or there's other planets. You're going to be a better human being if you live as if there is. And so when people want to go toe to toe about religion, I say, listen, I hear you. I'm incredibly out of alignment with religious structures. However, some of the best human beings that you're going to find on this planet are drawn to those rooms because we are alone. Like we're starving. It's like you're in the middle of a desert. You're so thirsty. And that's not to say, I mean, I, I have a, I have done some work around just because, you know, you're, you know, you can stand inside of a garage. It doesn't make you a, a car. You can go to church and it doesn't make you a good person. I think we all probably have somebody that pops in our head when I say that sentence. I'm not talking about those people, but I would say if you want someone who is at least trying to participate, you're probably praying. You're probably asking for a better life. And for me, it's asking to be of service because at the end of the day, money comes and goes. But at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the regrets that people have is that they spent so much time at work and they spent so much time, you know, they never told the person that they really loved that they loved them. And so I live in this way that I live so boldly. And I think maybe you do too, that if we don't lean on prayer, who's driving the car? Like I, I'm, I'm making these really aggressive decisions and especially as a female fueled by emotion. I will honor that and own that. So I have to say, you know, align me to my most divine path. I have to say those things because I don't know who I'm praying to or what is out there, but I feel better having that, you know? Mm. And so I would say the power of prayer, you know, when you're talking about manifesting, I would say manifesting is 17 seconds of intentional activity. Like you think it, you feel it, you visualize it, Prayer is you communicating with source and God and universe, whatever you believe in. This is what Britt and Mike and that individual want today. Today, like last week, what did I say? I said, I want to fall madly in love with someone and travel the world. The only thing someone can make me envious of is that. That's it. Abs don't make me envious. Millions of dollars don't make me envious. But when I see a happy, healthy couple that have a good connection and they get the ability to hop Mm. on a plane once a month, I'm like, Okay. And I stopped in that moment. I said, universe, God, send me someone to travel the world with that I can fall madly in love with the perfect fit for me. Right. I'm not saying he's six, two, he's a millionaire and want to look whatever. Great. Cool. He can be those things too. But like, it's, it's a, so for me, when I say I'm praying, I'm like, I have to believe there's something because otherwise, Mm. why are we here? You know? Why do I know things that are going to happen? Why do we have these voices and these connections? Why, when people pass, can we sometimes still talk to them? There's so many instances, even if not for you and I, that there is something. And so I'm going to talk to it. And if I die and nothing happens, then I was wrong. And if I die and I go somewhere else, then my life's going to be way more beautiful because I did. So I don't think it needs to, you know, I love, I love science and facts, but it just makes you feel good. You know, it just, and, and I think we have free will. If I don't ask to be protected from dark energy, then, then I'm not going to be. Mm. Yeah. And, and prayer is such a, a powerful mechanism for us to ensure that we're okay. There's an assurance that comes with prayer. There's a belief that comes with prayer and whatever you pray to or whoever you pray to, just the fact that you can practice that on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. and feeling better about your life that comes from prayer 
yeah. is really just a powerful way for all of us to really just create that life that we want for ourselves. And, you know, in the theme of this show and the spirit of the show, it's, it's also a way to authentically connect to you yes. and who you are and, yes. and what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. I want to move on to this, this service component. You've, you've talked mm-hmm. about it a couple times in this episode, and you've also mentioned it to me before that, you know, you had gone from this, you know, chasing money, chasing paper, big bank account, letting people know that you were very successful in business and that you grew this seven-figure company. And, you know, you're still creating those ventures because now you have operators and integrators in the business, Mm -hmm. uh, in those businesses. But there was a shift that happened for you where you went more into the purpose realm and mm-hmm. money is still now the byproduct of those businesses as you're as you're not chasing money anymore per se, but you're chasing purpose. And you're doing this through the lens of being of service to other people. Yeah. And I want to set you up very nicely on this so you can talk about service. Okay. To me, I think a lot of people forget that element or they say it to make themselves feel better about the fact that, you know, that they're quote doing the right thing, that there's this negative connotation around going after money or is this mm-hmm. negative connotation around that like oh if i'm in business for people i can't let everybody know i'm here to just make money i have to let people know i'm making money and i got to let everybody know i'm also like helping people yeah and yes. you're one of the few people i've seen and 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 also doing that you're not only just mentioning that you're here to help people but you're also putting yourself out there to help other people. And you did that recently with uh, shutting down your Instagram that had like 30,000 followers on it and building a new one and making that very much geared towards service. You know, for business owners that you've worked with, how can they embody and authentically incorporate service into the way that they're running their businesses or they're running their lives? Like, what would you advise some entrepreneurs who are looking for that deeper meaning or purpose right now if they are only just chasing money? Yeah, I freaking love that question. I also think it might need to be noted that if you don't feel like you're of service, you might be in the wrong industry. Um, Mm. In my case, I feel like I was only utilitarian to a certain point when I was doing beauty services for people. Um, now that I launch products, I can definitely have a value add because I can clean things up and do things organic and make yeah, it better. Sure. But I have to be honest that, you know, I think if someone is really called to service, like you have a servant's heart. Um, and that is that is a passion of mine. I don't build businesses that don't matter. You don't need to be curing an illness for your business to matter. You know, one of the the, the billionaire of of Tom's shoes, right? All he did was give away a pair of shoes for every pair mm-hmm. of shoes. The man is so humble and down to earth. And you know, same with Sarah Blakely, owner of Spanx. These people have have a servitude in their heart, and they even in their last day of being a billionaire, right? They still gift the people in their lives and take care of people. So. For me, you know, being a billionaire, being a multimillionaire, being a millionaire, none of that matters if you're not using your power because we live in a world that runs on money, power, and status. So my mission, and people are always like, what's your why? When I figured out my why, my why is to help as many good-hearted people become the 1% as possible. And so that is something that I am obsessed with because myself included, when you are broke and broken, those are the best leaders. Those are the best warriors because you've been in the trenches and then you've healed yourself. Who better to lead 
the society than somebody who, you know, I'm so glad I didn't have a perfect upbringing. I'm so glad I experienced the darker sides of human consciousness because I can give much better advice than if I hadn't. So Mm. all of that to say, there's a book called the law of divine compensation by Marianne Williamson. Um, I love that book because she talks about how often the journey that you and I are literally sitting in and inviting everyone into is we're on month one, you know, we're at the beginning, we have all of that experience behind us. And now we're pivoting into, okay, let me use all of that, everything I've done to this success level and bring it into a healing thought leader servitude place. I think that always comes with money. I think there's a gap year. I think you're in a canoe between islands. You've left the old life. Bye. Now you're, you know, you're out there, you're sunburned, you're thirsty, and you're just kind of canoeing yeah. and going to get to the new island. And then you're going to be stronger and more capable and you're going to be better when you get to the new island, but you're in the middle. And so I would say if you're in the middle, what a good time to, even if you have a nine to five right now, build something on the outside that even if it doesn't make you money, is it matters. You know, whether that's a sustainable shoe company, whether that's a coaching company for a specific niche of people that you feel most wounded in that you can most help. You know, and and in my beauty brand, I always was focused on organic, clean, non-toxic products. It didn't exist when I first started. So Mm. all of that to say, I think that just being of service, it it makes your life feel so much better. And in my opinion, the good hearted people, money feels uncomfortable for them. They feel like there's something evil about it. And that is part of what lights me on fire. I I like to find a really good hearted person with a really good idea. And then I do all the stuff for them that puts them. I want every person that's holding a microphone in 20 years to be the most stellar human being. Cause I think a lot of our leaders that were pure in my opinion have passed or stepped down or aren't active. And I think a lot I've watched, I don't know about you, but I watch leaders and I watch their eyes change. I watch them get the success and amass the wealth. And then all of a sudden their words are the same, but their energy has shifted and it's hard to watch. And so power changes people a lot. Yes. Yes. Most people don't leave it, Hmm. you know, like most people grab onto the meat and then they just, they don't, they, then they find other werewolves and then they just all do that together. And for me, I was disgusted with that society. I want to stand next to multimillionaires that like would give up everything before screwing people over. And that for me is a lot of the projects I work on now is creating bodies of work around what are the people you want to stay away from look like and feel like, and, and what are the sentences you hear that you go, that's not good. Like I would never, I've had three business names stolen from me in the last year. Um, one of them, they took the whole idea to, it's still my IP and I could still get it back in court. But it's just that, like, how do you build a foundation upon someone else's concept comfortably? And you and I both know people do that a lot, you know, and that's just the world we live in. And and so I think we need as many light workers Mm. building massively successful in target businesses as we possibly can get, because we need to change who those people are right now. Yeah, that was really powerful. I really (laughs) appreciate you sharing that. And you know, for everybody out there that's thinking about how do I add more purpose and more value and meaning to my life? Um, I think, Britt, you, you you hit the nail on the head with that. If you don't have it in the business that you're currently running now, think of a foundation. Think of a cause that you can give to. Think about being part of a board for a nonprofit organization where the work that they're doing is meaningful to you. 
or it's something that you've may have been interested in, but you know, you've never really gotten involved in it. And that's a way for you to create that. It doesn't necessarily have to be part of the business. It can be something of your life that brings meaning outside of the work that you're doing. And um, I I really want to thank you for sharing all of that. And also just for having you on the show, we're getting to uh, the last segment of the the episode today, but thank you so much, Britt, for just your your wisdom and your knowledge and just your your energy, just showing up here and really just telling people the work about you do. And then, yeah, it's it's just been it's just been really great. So, with that being said, as you know, we ask every single guest on the show to tell us what it means to live your truth. And so, Britt, what does it mean to you? to live your truth. Hmm. I got chills when you said that. Um, I think that if you're here to make waves and to change the world, and even if you change just a dozen lives, right, you might change a thousand, 10, 10,000, a million, but let's just say your goal is 10 people. You're going to be required consistently to pivot and change. I think it's a pipe dream to imagine from the age of 18 to 88, that you're going to do the exact same thing. Um, I think from the outside that it might look like what's going on. People are trying to understand the journey that you're on as a healer. We are consistently moving with the earth and with the transitions. And, you know, we, we heal just a little bit and then things shift and then we have to kind of find our footing. And so I think for me, the truth is making really societally uncomfortable decisions because Mm. I feel like I'm supposed to rather than the checks and balances of what everybody else my age or in my circle is doing. Um, For me, that's been living my truth because if I took everyone else's opinion, my life would look a lot different and it would feel really, really bad. Um, So for me, that's honoring the next step that's been provided to me by you know, the powers that work with and through me, whatever we want to title those, um, working with God, working with the universe to say, you know, once a year, I'll go outside under the stars, put my arms out and I say, use me, use me of service. Where do I go next? You know, send me the people I can most help and repel away from me, the people that I can't serve. And so when I feel inclined to move to California or, you know, now I'm inclined to move again. And, and most people would say, you just got there in May. And I say, yeah, but I'm I'm called to the next step, you know, like when you're climbing a set of stairs, you got to go from step 2 to step 5. Maybe you climb back down cuz yeah. you got something, but then you go back, you know, like we're I'm on a journey and who am I to say why or where? So for me it's you cannot look to other people for those questions, right? If I wanted to start mm. if it's a year from now and I wanted to start a podcast and I call my friend Mike and I say, Hey, how do I plug this microphone in? Okay. That's fine. You're asking for guidance to get to the dream you decided on. But I posted this last week and I really believe it. You cannot ask anybody for what to do with your life. You can't because they are only going to go through the filter of who you are energetically in that moment, not the highest possible version, you know? So Hmm. it's kind of lonely. It's so good. No, I love it. I love it. Thank you. I yeah. think that's- <laughs> so what's yours? Well, thank you so much, Britt, for coming on the show. Oh, what's mine? Yeah, what's yours? Oh, what's well, what, what is mine? Wow. I actually, uh, since I've restarted the show, I've never been 
ask that. So I think you're, yeah, you're the first one that's turned, it, turned my own question back on me. Sorry, um, was- <laughs> no, 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 I think it's great. I, 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 no, I think it's great. Thank you for asking me. I would say my, my personal definition for living your truth is prioritizing your own happiness over everything else. Mm-hmm. Prioritizing your own happiness. And what I mean by that is that doesn't mean you don't care what other people think. And it doesn't mean that you don't care about other people and it's just you and you alone. I think life is very fragile. I also think life is very long. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the journey that we're on, we oftentimes sacrifice our own happiness and our own fulfillment to please other people and to um, make other people like us as opposed to doing what feels good to us and what feels in alignment with us. So prioritizing your own happiness means is that what makes you feel good first and what do you want to do first that will make you happy? And it can be whatever you want it to be. It can be making a lot of money. It could be um, being in an amazing partnership. It could be just having the best group of friends. And mm-hmm. when you prioritize that in your life, things will manifest in your reality for it to happen with you. It will come into your field of awareness. And yes. Two years ago, I didn't have uh, a fiance. I didn't have a beautiful house. I didn't have the group of friends that I have now. But I prioritized that in my life. I wanted it. I I wanted it so bad to have those three things. And now I have all three of those things. And I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful I have that. And I noticed that when I prioritize my own happiness, my life is just better overall. You know, I don't chase happiness, but I prioritize it. If I go to the gym, I go because it makes me happy. If I go sit in the sauna, I go because it makes me happy. If I want to work in my business, I work in my business because it makes me happy. So living your truth means prioritizing your happiness and just building the life that you can wake up to every single day and enjoy it and be happy. And that doesn't mean that you don't have rough moments. It doesn't mean that you don't have um, tough times or challenging times. But what mm-hmm. it simply means is, is that when you look at your life from a macro view, are you happy with it? And believe yeah. living in your truth is prioritizing your happiness. So that's my definition. Um, and that's something I'm continuing to strive and work on every single day is how can I allow myself to be more happy, to be more joyful, to be more grateful? Because I don't believe it's, you know, you don't just achieve happiness and then like you're done. Yeah. You work on it every single day. It's like strengthening a muscle. It's like strengthening your body. So. Um, yeah, that was, that was actually the first time I've aired that too. So I'm glad you asked me. There you go. I love that. I also, (laughs) I love that you said, look at your life from a macro view and think, are you happy with it? I've actually, as you said that, I thought I've never actually thought that. And when you think that you can kind of instantly hear what things you pivot when you just like go really high. But I also want to honor the journey you're on because as a woman, you know, I'm, I'm a lot called to a more simple life, Mm. I think. Um, I don't have one and I can't because that's not my journey. I'm supposed to go do some things. But I think as a man to choose to be of service and to do this path, it's um, it's really beautiful, right? Because you and I both know mm. like you could go build and do anything and to sit and be yeah. of service and be the man that you are. That is a harder path, but we so need more leaders that are willing to give up an extra, you know, million a year or whatever it is, you know, a second Mm. company or traveling the world to be grounded enough to serve in this way. So I'm really excited to see 
what happens to this pod for in the next year or two. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brett. And I, I really appreciate that. And thank you for, you know, uh, asking me that question. I'm glad we could talk a little bit about, you know, happiness and also just about, you know, you integrating service and, and thanks to all of you for tuning into this week's episode of live your truth. Now, if you like what you heard, please, please subscribe to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you saw between me and Britt on this conversation, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So thanks you guys for tuning into this week's episode. I will see you next week. Appreciate all of you.